Dante Greco. Dante is a really smart guy. Ladies love Dante. Look at that hair. Look at that face. Dante Greco. Dante, meet yours truly. I'm gonna come. I haven't seen. Okay, People Magazine is saying it. Wow. And then he. Lisa Marie Presley, daughter of Elvis and Priscilla, dead at 54, the most strong and loving woman. Singer was rushed to the hospital on January 12th for a possible cardiac arrest. Wow. Shocking. Shocking. You know, like two days ago, she was at the Golden Globe celebrating with Austin Butler for his Elvis win. Um, crazy, you know everything seemed like it was going well. They're gearing up for the Oscars. It's like Elvis is making a comeback this year to an extent. Uh, I don't think the movie, well, no, it was a big movie, right? It was a big movie. This is crazy. Okay, so she, EMTs responded to the singer's home in Calabasas, California on Thursday for a possible cardiac arrest just two days after Presley attended the 2023 Golden Globes with Priscilla and Elvis star Austin Butler. Elvis died in, in uh, August 1977, making nine-year-old Lisa Marie the joint heir to his estate alongside Father Vernon Presley, great-grandfather. Following their respective deaths in 79 and 1980, she became the sole heir and also inherited her father's Graceland residence. Well, there she is with Elvis and her mother Priscilla. Priscilla, of course, has... Um, you got to feel for Priscilla. First of all... You got to feel for Lisa Marie, you know, just a year or so ago, uh, she lost her son tragically. And now, you know, the family, the Presley family is just devastated. I'm sure. So you got Priscilla and you got Riley Keough and, um, you know, those are the, the public names that I'm aware of. Uh, it's very sad. You got to feel for Priscilla. You know, she had to live through losing Elvis and now she's lost her grandson now she's lost her daughter just terrible priscilla had earlier tweeted uh, my beloved daughter lisa marie was rushed to the hospital she's now receiving the best care please keep her and our family in your prayers feel the prayers from uh around the world and ask for privacy during this time shocking shocking stuff i did not expect this is like one of those like the last thing i would have expected it almost gives me echoes of like carrie fisher a few years ago remember carrie fisher had like um she was in the new star wars and she was kind of having a comeback and then like all of a sudden just on a plane heart attack unexpected too young certainly to go out this way but um yeah, again, the news is that she has passed uh, on the TMZ website. They haven't updated it just yet, but they have good information about what happened earlier today. That she was in full cardiac arrest Thursday morning before paramedics arrived. And we're told that the housekeeper found Lisa Marie unresponsive in her bedroom. And just as the housekeeper made that discovery... Her ex-husband, Danny Keough, with whom Lisa Marie lives, returned home from taking their kids to school. He administered CPR until paramedics took over. God, the stress of that. Imagine you come home, you walk back in the door after just dropping off the kids. You think, hey, it's just going to be a normal day. You know, probably still on a high from the Golden Globes. You got the SAG Awards. You got the Oscar. All these things. So much life happening, going on. And then... Next thing you know, God. Paramedics gave her at least one epinephrine shot and her pulse was restored. She was then rushed to a nearby hospital. Our sources say Lisa Marie had complained early Thursday morning of stomach pains that got more and more intense. Sources wanted to make clear this was not a suicide attempt. Wow. Um, crazy news. Crazy, crazy news. Was not expecting this today. Uh, oh, there it is. There's the updated story. And, you know, we forget she was married to Michael Jackson. Yeah, Danny administered the CPR until he got there. Like, just the, the shot, you walk in the door, and then it's like, what? 
you got to rush to the bedroom and then you're doing CPR. The, the things are, it's like all day long. It's crazy. Um, yeah, she was married to Michael Jackson, remember, in the 90s. Elvis was 42 when he died. She's 54. Oh, there's her and Michael. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley followed in her father's footsteps, becoming a singer-songwriter, and dropped her debut album, To Whom It May Concern, in 2003. The record reached number five on Billboard's album chart and earned gold certification. Well, that's nice. Uh, she shocked the world by marrying Michael Jackson in 1994. Hello, everybody. This is my wife. Uh, shortly after their surprise nuptials, the couple shared a very famous and seemingly awkward kiss on stage at the MTV Music Awards. That was kind of funny. Let me. Why not? Listen, we're gonna we're gonna relive some moments here. Let me put this onto the part where I can um, play the audio as well. If you give me one second here, thank you for your time. Yeah, seeing her at the Globe, like literally seeing her at the Globes. You know, I was just thinking, you know, it's not so funny now, but I was thinking because Austin Butler gets up there and he's like, oh, my God, I just won my bow, baby boy. I just won this award. And I was thinking, like, does he I know he does that in public, but does he do the Elvis voice when he's per personally with Priscilla and Lisa Marie or is he feel like sheepish about that? Are they sitting? I mean, I'm sure they're nice, but like, are they sitting there like, okay, Austin, the movie's over. You know, thanks. Thank you. you don't have to keep talking like that. You're from Anaheim. I get that it's more fun to talk like Elvis than it is to talk like you're from Anaheim, but still, it's kind of strange. All right, let's play a little bit of this audio from back when she was with Michael Jackson. Uh, here's a little bit of her music. You want to hear it real quick? Get demonetized? Fuck it. Paying tribute. Okay. Sounds okay. She's got the horns. It's a little bit of that like Memphis thing, but it sounds kind of 2003-ish. Good. Look, I'm glad she put out an album. She gave it a shot, you know. Let's hear Michael Jackson announcing his new wife. Shocked the world, according to TMZ, by marrying Michael Jackson in 1994. Let's see. And just think, nobody thought this would last. He proved them all wrong. It lasted another year. Uh, her and Nicolas Cage. I didn't remember that one. MJ and LMP divorced after less than two years. And in 2002, she tied the knot with Nicolas Cage. Although that marriage lasted only a few months before she filed divorce docs. Uh, two more children. Yeah, oh, her son died two years ago. Wow. She's survived by her three children, actress Riley Keough, and twin girls Harper and Finley Lockwood. 54, way too young. Way too young. It's very sad. Pistol Annie, she was a member. Is she still alive? Uh, if you're asking if Lisa Marie is still alive, the answer is no. We just got the news. She has passed away at 54, uh, pronounced dead at the hospital. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And here she is just two days ago at the Golden Globes. I remember when Austin Butler won, he got up there, forget about him not breaking character and still doing the Elvis accent. I saw 
he looked out to them. The camera cut to Priscilla and Lisa Marie's table, and they were cheering. They were happy, you know. At least there were like uh, some some bright moments in her last couple of days, you know, and a lot to look forward to. So, very sad. Well, um, by the way, should we watch the video? You want to see the last time TMZ saw her? I used to work for them, by the way. I would have, for all I know, this is my video. I don't remember. I think I've interviewed Priscilla. I've definitely seen Priscilla around a lot. I've never seen Lisa Marie to my knowledge, but I was working there at this time. So let's, let's roll the dice. Maybe this will be my voice coming out. Oh, wait. Hold on. I'm on the wrong. I'm not even looking at the right thing here. My bad. Here we go. Last time we saw her. Well, I just want to ask, why do you think there hasn't been like a definitive Elvis biopic yet? Or if there ever will be one. Sorry? If Why there hasn't been like a definitive Elvis movie yet? Like, First of all, is not is it not biopic? I When people say biopic, it sounds like it's, uh you know, a medical condition. Why hasn't there been an Elvis biopic? It's biopic, like biography picture, biopic. Prescient question, nine years ago, but 10 years ago, actually, but, you know, whatever. Someone portraying him on film. Or will be one. Sorry? If, why there hasn't been, like, a definitive Elvis movie yet, like someone portraying him on film. You know, I think that there's talk of that going on right now. Yeah. Any ideas on who you'd like to play you? <laughs> Thanks for being cool, Lisa. All right, so that was not me, but she seems nice. It's too bad. She seemed cool. Um, shocking, again, shocking, sad, unexpected, especially after what's going on, you know. And uh, I'm sure as award season marches on, there will be, uh, you know, tributes, and especially if Austin Butler keeps winning, she will be, um, uh, her, her memory will be, will live on and continue to be spoken about. So, uh, oh, what's this? T-Rev was talking about my career on the live today. Very cool job. I'm sure you have tons of stories. I, you know, thank you for reminding me. I forgot. I got to get in touch with him so we can do like a cross show thing. I want to, uh, I'm going to have to look up that live. Thank you for letting me know about that. I've been a little out of it today. Very busy, you know. This is the day that I do the dishes, so I've been I've been I've been cleaning up all day, or planning to. All right, so very sad Lisa Marie news. Uh, you know, let me open up the floor. By the way, I see we got some people watching. If anyone wants to comment real quick before we move on, or you can comment about it later too. There's really no you know this this show's uh, loose and improvisational. So whatever we want to do. But if anyone has anything they'd like to share about Lisa Marie, please speak now. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. Somebody was, I think it was Howard Stern was playing a clip of uh, Austin Butler from like three or four years ago. Sounds nothing like the man you hear today. It's just kind of funny. He won't let it go. Forget what I said about Pistol Annie's. I misspoke. It was another Presley. Okay. No problem. I'll tell the cops to uh, stop heading to your house. Um, all right. So I wonder, has she tweeted anything new? Probably not, but yeah, no. Here's Priscilla congratulating. Did Lisa Marie have a Twitter? I guess not. Cause Priscilla didn't tag her in it. stuff all right um yeah sorry to hear that all right let's go on to to what what do we want to talk about you know what since we're on this subject i have been seeing these um these stories in the daily mail which i like i like the daily mail as you can tell i use it to talk about a lot of articles but it's like 
What are they trying to tell us about Jack Nicholson? I saw a story yesterday, like sad last days of Jack Nicholson. He refuses to face reality. He's up in the mountains. He's going to go out like Brando. And now today they're like a reclusive Jack Nicholson's friends voice fears. He will die alone. He's 85. Yes. And he didn't look that great a year ago when he emerged to go to the opening game of the Lakers. And he has not been back since. So, you know, it's weird. But like, are they trying to like, will this to happen so they can get a big headline it's very strange to me i'm a big jack nicholson fan you know i've seen jack many times i only met him once it was years ago yeah that was him at the laker game you know he was just walking like jesus christ you guys still want my autograph and leave me alone um it was years ago i was working a valet job while I was uh, home from uh, studying for my Rhodes Scholarship at Oxford. And I was doing it part-time. And so it's the funeral for this guy, Mo Austin's wife. And there's all these like old Hollywood and music people showing up. So I'm just like, you know, Jack was my favorite actor. I'm sitting there like, God, when's Jack Nicholson going to show up? And then 20 minutes later, a limousine pulls up, door stops right in front of me. Oh, a door opens. And I just see the hairline and then he gets out and his eyes are all red and he's just looking around like bewildered, huh? And I was in shock. Then he goes to me, is there smoking allowed on this campus? And I was like, ah, you can smoke. You cannot, you can smoke. It was at the UCLA campus. All right, Jack, whatever you want to do. Then he goes, well, I've got an ashtray. And then he pulled out an ashtray. He walks around with an ashtray, or at least he used to. And then, you know, he, I let him do his thing, get his stuff out of the car, and I just hit him with a, I'm a big fan. And he went, thanks. It's like he can hardly breathe and talk after all those years of cigarette smoke uh, abuse. But don't like seeing these stories. Hope he is doing well. Uh, again, it's just weird, like multiple days in a row. When was the last time you read an article about Jack Nicholson? And now two days in a row, the Daily Mail is like, yeah, he's going out. He's on his way out. Sorry. Dying. He's not coming back. Kanye West, real quick, kind of had uh, Kanye fatigue for a while. Remember when he was just saying he loved Hitler and everything? Like every day, it was something new and crazy. Anyways, he emerges in Beverly Hills with a new woman, and look, I'm not accusing her of anything. I'm not accusing blonde people of anything. But isn't it a little bit strange that after having to go into hiding for saying you love Hitler and you think the Nazis did good stuff and you like their outfits and shit like that, you emerge with a woman who looks like she would be an Aryan dream. Blonde hair, even if it's bleach blonde hair. Can't quite tell what her eyes are. But, like, again, I don't know what she's into. She's probably a perfectly nice woman. She's probably just, like, a musician. And also for uh, people with blonde hair, of which I know many, I'm not accusing you of being uh, Aryan Hitler supporters. It's just kind of funny that he would be out here with someone like this. Yeah. What a guy. What is he going to come up with next? All right, let's talk about what do we want to talk about next. Oh, you know, there was a whole Hollywood Nepo babies discussion a week or so ago. A lot of people in Hollywood, if you don't know, are the children of actors, actresses, successful people. You know, we just I'm not calling Lisa Marie a Nepo baby because it's not like. I don't think she wanted to have some big Hollywood career. She was just famous. So that's different. Nepo baby, which is, you know, short for nepotism, in case anyone didn't know, is you got your career in Hollywood by being the child of somebody who was successful. And Jamie Lee Curtis talked about it. Um, God, who was the one who kicked it off? I forget. It was, it was like a blonde model. Even Tom Hanks waded into this debate. He was saying, like, look, it's like a family business. It's like if we were a plumbing business, you know, my kids would work here. They just have the last name Hanks. Okay, I give him that. That, that makes sense to me. 
I saw that people were coming after Timothy Chalamet, calling him a Nepo baby. And I got to come to the defense of Timothy Chalamet, despite the fact that I sat through Dune and would never make that mistake again. And I'll tell you why I didn't like the movie real quick. It was too long. It, the pacing was too slow. They didn't seem to care about action. They were like setting it up like, dude, this isn't the first episode of a, of a Netflix. Like, let's get some action in this first movie or I'm walking out. And my final biggest problem is that in the movie Dune, there is technology that is clearly like a guy who wrote this book because the book was written in the in the early 1960s. It's clearly technology a guy from the 1960s idea of what future technology is going to look like. Like that's like some big fake metal fly or something. And that's the cool way to get around. It, it was, they, they should have updated it. They should have done a whole rehash, you know, it's fine. I, I'm not going to lose any sleep at night, but I saw it. And I won't make that mistake again, but coming back to defending Timothy Chalamet, people were calling him a Nepo baby. Uh, first of all, his agent started this whole issue, which what a dumb move for the agent. The agent, you're not, your agent is not supposed to start fires. He's supposed to put out your fires. He should be fired probably, uh, over the weekend, Timothy Chalamet's agent shut down reports that the actor had auditioned for the leading role in gladiator Two. um, off the back of this. Unver okay, hold on. Let's get to the important part. However, Timothy's agent, Brian Swardstrom, quickly entered the conversation to refute the viral rumors. I know one of these actors was shooting a film in the Middle East for the past several months, and he hasn't auditioned for anything in more than seven years. So, like, that's just immediately going to get people pissed off at you. Like, oh, big deal. You haven't auditioned for anything in seven years? Oh, Timothy. So special. Brian's tweet sparked a mixed reaction from fans, many of whom brought Timothy's industry connections into question. So this is where I start to have a problem. The, the, this is the big connection that everyone's talking about. The 27-year-old's uncle is director Rodman Flender, while his maternal grandfather was writer and screenwriter Harold Flender. Who the fuck is Rodman Flender? Or Harold Flender, who's probably dead. You're telling me Rodman Flender has that much pull that he can make his his nephew an A-lister? I don't think so. Rodman Flender. What, because he was on a red carpet once? And Timothy's mom, Nicole Flender of the famous Flender family, we've all seen and loved their films for years, is also known, uh, is also an actor known for her roles in movies The Bird Watcher, The What? And In the Heat of Passion. In the Heat of What? What are these? These are like those Showtime movies that used to come on in the 90s at night, the soft core shit, In the Heat of Passion and The Bird Watcher? Get the fuck out of here. Given that Timothy, who shot to fame after starring in the 2017 film Call Me By Your Name alongside uh, cannibal timeshare salesman Army Hammer, I added that, and his sister Pauline Chalamet are both renowned actors. Some people have questioned whether their success in the industry is partially due to their familial, familial connections. So, look, there has to be a rule. Like, you can't call someone a Nepo baby if their uncle is Rodman Flender, a.k.a. somebody that most people don't know about. Now, sure, could Rodman Flender maybe pull a couple strings, get him a couple auditions? Yeah. But, like, you're not going to have a career. And I don't even like Timothy Chalamet, to be quite honest. I've seen two of his movies. But you're not going to have a career as big as Timothy Chalamet's unless you got the talent to back it up and you put the work in. Okay, Rodman Flender cannot get you into Oscar contention. Neither can Nicole Flender. These people, like everybody has credit. If you looked at my IMDb, I might have credits that people would say, oh my God, you're, he's, he, and if I help somebody, you'd call me a Nepo baby or whoever I helped. Um, in Hollywood, like everyone has done a little bit of work here. And again, like Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, your father's Tony Curtis. He's in Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe, 
yeah, you're going to get a leg up or Tom Hanks's kids or Spielberg's kid. Like, yeah, those big names. If your parent is an A-lister, yeah, we can call you a Nepo baby. But I got to call bullshit on uh, what they're doing to my man, Timothy Chalamet. Hollywood has given him a special treatment. Chalamet is a Nepo baby, but a lot of people don't know that. But he has an uncle in the industry that opened a lot of doors for him. Again, listen, just go to Beverly Hills. Go walk around and, and try to meet some people, okay? You can do it. Anyone can do it. All these people just hang out in the same areas. All right. Rodman Flender. Are there any Rodman Flender fans on this live? Or Nicole Flender fans? Let's see here. Uh, we talked about this at the beginning. Miles Myers Leonard made some anti-Semitic remarks. Lakers are going to work him out. I know this isn't really a sports show or a sports audience, but uh, my friend wanted to talk about this. So my friend who is Jewish wanted to give his opinion, and uh, he knows that this is the most popular show in America. So he came on here earlier you can go back and listen on the replay uh once again if you're joining us lisa marie presley dead at 54 after a cardiac arrest sad 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 let's talk about shakira eh, who cares oh yeah and you know there was another death tiktoker waffler 69 viral food eater dead at 33 also of a heart attack now, I've never heard of this guy. I've never watched anything that he's done. But you feel bad when a fellow content creator goes down. So, you know, sorry to the friends and family of Waffler69. You really could say this man died for his art. That's what he did. He ate big Fruit Loops. And apparently packets of raw meat. You know... I feel bad for a guy like this because we're all trying hard to get our content out there and like bring attention to our channels and make a name for us. And like some people, you end up resorting to stuff like this. I mean, and I'm not saying what I'm doing is even great or Waffler 69 blows me out of the water completely. He's huge as a, as a brand, but you feel bad, you know, it's like, in the nineties when all those grunge artists started getting addicted to heroin and then just dropping dead, you know, like there's too many of these guys who are making YouTube careers out of just like eating a lot. What do they call it? Like mukbang people just watch you eat. It's dangerous. It's not like they have a, a trained physician sitting there while you take down a box of big fruit loops you know, got to be careful out there. Odell Beckham, NFL player. He, um, we can all relate to this, whether you care about football or not. I really don't that much. I do like Tom Brady, but I don't really care about football. Um, Odell Beckham is maybe one of the worst plane passengers you could have the misfortune of being on an aircraft with. So he got kicked off. Well, no, he got everyone else kicked off of a plane a couple years ago. Because he refused to get off. He was drunk. He didn't have his pants on. He was like not. He would. Uh, uh, the stewardesses were trying to just get him to put his seatbelt on. He wouldn't do it. Then the cops have to come on board. He was just sitting there. He's mouthing off and insulting the other passengers as 200 people have to get off of the plane because he didn't want to get up and move. So the video of this was released. Um, I was trying to make like a funny video edit of this to put up, but I didn't get a chance to finish before this broadcast, but fuck it. I'll, I'll just play it anyway. In one second, let me read the article. Um, oh yeah. So Odell, knowing that this was happening, that people were reacting to the video coming out, went on a Twitter spree Thursday. Free agent wide receiver was previously removed from a plane after the flight crew said he was going in and out of consciousness and they couldn't get him to put his seatbelt on. Yeah, exactly. On Thursday, he sent a number of tweets indirectly addressing the situation. Can't address everything in this world. It's exhausting. Everybody got an opinion on situations they weren't involved in. You know what? Fuck you. 
We can now see the situation. You can say that if no one, first of all, you should never be that drunk or just in that bad of a mood that you're going to cause an issue on a plane. These other people on the plane, it was around the holidays. They were trying to do their holiday travel and 200 people had to get their bags and get off of the plane, which by the way, can we figure out a better system than that? Like why should everyone else have to suffer? Cause one guy won't get off the plane. I'm not saying use force to get them off, but like there's gotta be something you can do other than, because what do you do? If he still doesn't get off the plane, you just turn the lights off, lock it up and leave him there on the runway. What, 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 there's a better system out there. We can figure it out. Uh, everybody got an opinion on situations they weren't involved in. Thank God we weren't. All you can do is know who you truly are. A, a jackass. I never liked Odell, really, even though he won a Super Bowl for the Rams, which is LA's team. But I don't know. Something like, I don't mind the, the bleach blonde hair on most people, but something about him with the bleach blonde, it's like people who are too much about the personality now, I guess he redeemed himself with the Super Bowl win. But like when people have too much about their their fashion and style, like the personality, then it, you start to say, okay, come on, come back to what you're supposed to be doing. Case in point, Pete Davidson. When he was on SNL, he would always show up and he's Mr. Fashionable and he's dating everybody. But Pete Davidson comes out on every SNL show and he's like, huh, I, can you tell that I didn't even rehearse? Like he doesn't know his lines. He's barely putting any effort into the acting stories would come out that the other cast members were frustrated. He's not showing up to rehearsals. And then meanwhile, he's got a new hair dye. So like when that type of shit, when there's too much, you can have the hair dye and produce the results. If like, if you're Dennis Rodman, you want to dye your hair six different colors, but you're producing and you're winning three straight championships and by all means, when you're dyeing your hair and you're not putting in the work, then you're going to piss people off. Uh, crazy thing is since the super bowl i've been minding my own biz staying out the way name ain't been in nothing and even during this free agency frenzy it was never me who caused any of that i've been quiet chilling they wrote the stories been enjoying fatherhood and time with the fam he tore his acl during the Rams super bowl victory in early 2022 and i guess he has not rejoined the team since then but you just like i know it's I know it's, uh, oh, and by the way, I just got news notification. Lisa Marie has died at age 54. Yes, we uh, we covered that earlier, but it was sad. Right as I was going on, I was about to talk about her as if she was still alive because I had read the stories that she was in a cardiac arrest. And then uh, one of my uh, my great viewers and commenters let me know. So sad, sad stuff. Back to Odell Beckham. Let me play the video of what he was doing there. I was trying to make a funny video, as I said. Maybe it's not even funny, but you know what? It's the one I've got. So here we go. Cheese board on the way home. Cheese board on the way home. Cheese 
Real quick, before I finish the video, so do you all see what I'm talking about? And how much, how ridiculous it is for him to say, hey, if you weren't there, you don't know what really happened. What's the excuse? You're sitting there, some poor old guy has to get up off the plane, and you're, you're saying, I would never get off for you with your fat ass and enjoy the cheese board, and I'm going to be on a private jet? Like, fuck you. Fuck Odell Beckham. I, I hate to see that kind of behavior from anybody on a plane, but especially a celebrity. You should have rented the private jet. You know what? If you're too fucked up to get on the normal jet, which is fine, you know, you're you're. You, I, I understand you're partying all night. That's that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But don't bring that negative energy to everyone else's early morning flight. Shit, you ain't nothing to me, bro. Got like fucked up. I'm sorry. All you had to do was wake me up. Mocha, please, quiet. I can't get to a show now without my dogs barking. You see, I added a little bit of dramatic music and I did some little edits. I was trying to make a funny video. It's not com it's not completed yet, but I'll, I'll post it when it's done. I don't know. Uh, but you saw that. He goes, all you had to do was wake me up. Let's watch that part one more time. Shit, you ain't nothing to me, bro. Got like fucked up. I'm sorry. So that's how it started. The video actually starts with the guys like, sir, are you able to wake up? Can you wake up? Because he's passed out in the chair. You okay? okay. What's wrong? What's wrong? He didn't have his pants on on a plane. Like he's lucky he's famous. That type of shit will get you terrorist charges these days. All right. What else we got? I will make one comment. I don't even really care about this story about Shakira and her new song. Uh, it just annoys me that she is not allowed to insult the new... Her, her ex's new girlfriend. Like, that's between her and the new girlfriend. Even if she's famous, she should be able to insult her without being accused of internalized misogyny. Shakira is accused of internalized misogyny after taking a swipe at her ex, Gerard Peek's new girlfriend by saying he traded a Rolex for a Casio. Which, by the way, probably true. I mean, Shakira, despite the fact that she doesn't pay her taxes and may have to go to a Spanish prison for several years, She's got a lot of money and a lot of fame. So, yeah, that's true. Traded a Rolex for a Casio. She collaborated with producer Bizarre Rap on a brand new track, Shakira Berserp Music Sessions 53, which was released in Spanish on Wednesday. She says, uh, I'm worth 222s. You traded a Ferrari for a Twingo. What is a Twingo? Does anyone know what a Twingo is? Is that a car? Is that like a, a car in Europe or something? A Twingo. You traded a Rolex for a Casio. Shakira and Gerard announced their split after 11 years together in June. They share two sons. Listen, maybe, by the way, he split because he was like, 
I don't want to be with someone who doesn't pay their taxes and almost goes to jail. And now we got to make restitution. Like, sorry, I'm out. I don't care how, how uh, successful you are or, you know, how many people around the world would want to be with you. That's too much. Okay. So another person who said, so, you know, People online were saying the new Shakira song screams internalized misogyny and a bitter divorcee. Let it go, women. Woman. I just don't like it when people say this is how you should act. The only time you could say this is how you should act is this is how you should act on an airplane because we all got to get through this. But when you say Shakira, you're not allowed to be angry at your ex and at his new woman and insult her. That to me is bullshit. She can be misogynistic if she wants. It's her. It's her, it's her opinions, it's her thoughts. I love it. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. Let's talk about... Oh, there were these celebrity DNA reveals. Do you want to talk about celebrity DNA reveals? Maybe I should save that for a different show. I do want to save this for a different show, actually. I forgot because there, there was um, that story came out about Benedict Cumberbatch facing slavery reparations, calls to pay uh, slavery reparations. Apparently, his family owned slaves. And uh, Barbados was allegedly trying to say, you should pay for that. But I want to save that till I get a good friend and comedian on here to talk about that. Oh, all right. You know what? Let's, let's go into some Coburger news. Koberger. Brian. Brian. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Real quick. Real quick. Gwen Stefani. Like, what is she trying to do? Is she trying to get canceled? I, it makes me wonder. I'm not 100% sure. I Googled before the show that trying to figure out if she's still on the voice. I'm wondering if she's trying to get off of the voice because she gave an interview as if she's paid no attention to the way that uh, cancel outrage culture comes for people these days. She gave an interview where she kept insisting that she's Japanese. Gwen Stefani, white Italian descent singer, keeps insisting that she is Japanese in an interview with uh, a stunned Asian writer. Like, how out of it is Gwen Stefani? She's sitting there with an Asian woman, or uh, I'm assuming woman. Okay. An Asian person interviewing her, and she keeps saying, no, 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 I'm Japanese. Don't you get, don't you get it? I am Japanese. You hear those dogs? It's impossible. This is a newsroom. Okay. During a new interview, she raised eyebrows repeatedly as the daughter of an Italian-American father and an Irish-American mother. The singer, 53, has no ethnic ties to the country. But she said after visiting Tokyo for the first time, she said, my God, I'm Japanese and I didn't know it. I remember this. This is back in like 2006 when she put out her uh, solo album and she kept talking about the Harajuku girls. It was a simpler time back then when your label would approve something like that. Here she is. Uh, there are five Japanese women in this picture. Um, the middle one is the most Japanese out of all of them, clearly. Gwen Stefani's defended her Harajuku era yet again. You know, I also have questions of like, is it okay to, you know, she is paying tribute. She likes the Harajuku girls in Japanese culture. She's trying to celebrate it. I'm conflicted on whether people should be mad about that. However, it's just batshit crazy to insist that not only do you like Japanese culture, but you are Japanese. As a major successful singer who's technically like a business at this point, the amount of money that Gwen Stefani probably generates between her music catalog royalties and her earnings on the voice not to mention she's married to brad uh or, or what's a what is her, her husband's name you know the country singer the other guy from the voice she's married to him and whatever money he's got 
And here she is just rolling those dice, risking it all so that she could insist that she's Japanese. During an interview with Allure, Jessa Marie Calor, Calor, I don't know, asked the performer what she learned from creating the, the Harajuku Lovers brand, considering it's prey. All right. Mocha, please. Stop it. Mocha. He's a little chihuahua, by the way. He's a chihuahua Shiba Inu. He's Japanese, like Gwen Stefani. And, uh, you know, those chihuahuas like to yip. All right. During this interview with Allure, the woman asked the performer what she learned from creating the Harajuku Lovers brand, considering its praise, backlash, and everything in between. Speaking to the brand's inspirations, Gwen told the interviewer, that was my Japanese influence, and that was a culture that was so rich with tradition, yet so futuristic, so much attention to art and detail and discipline, and it was fascinating to me. Okay, she's doing fine so far. Additionally, the mom of three reflected on how after years of hearing her dad recall his work trips to Japan as a Yamaha marketing executive, does that qualify as a Nepo baby? Gwen Stefani, father was a Yamaha executive. Yamaha makes pianos. Uh, and then she gets a career in the music business. Uh-oh. Is she is her last, uh, she also a flender? In addition to being Japanese and Italian and Irish, is she related to Rodman Flender, uncle of Timothy Chalamet? Okay. Visiting Tokyo herself felt like home. There she is in her full Japanese glory. I said, my God, I'm Japanese and I didn't know it. <laughs> when the author, who is Filipina, noted a bit of awkwardness in the air between them, Stefani said, I am, you know. <laughs> so like the woman, the interviewer who is Filipina, Sitting there trying to process what she just heard. Don't you get, Gwen, you are a white woman. You can't sit there and tell a woman of Asian descent that you are also Asian and expect her to be like, yes, of course. Like, this ain't old Hollywood. This isn't even 1999. She then proceeded to note that there is innocence to her love of Japanese culture. Self-proclaimed super fan of Japan said it doesn't feel right to her when she receives criticism for being admirer of something beautiful and sharing that. Okay, now I'm back on her side. Yeah, why are you criticizing her? If she loves it and admires it and celebrates it, that's great. We, we want that in the world. We want a world of people that love each other. As Lex Friedman would say, we just got to solve everything with love. Makes you question his thought process. If, if the solution to everything is love. But okay, that's uh, uh, I digress. I think it was a beautiful time of creativity. Okay, let's get to the part where she just keeps insisting that she's Japanese. Blake Shelton, that was his name. I was going to say Bill Stevens. It should be okay to be inspired by other cultures because if we're not allowed, then that's dividing people, right? Additionally, Stefani said she was influenced by the Hispanic and Latin. We're still using Latinx. Okay. All right. Communities. Even though a lot of Latin people, and if there's any Latin people watching right now, I would love for you to comment because is it not true that people who are Latin don't like Latinx or Latinx because X is not really, uh, no, because the language is gendered, is Latino, Latina, and now you're trying to force Latinx down our throats? I mean, I don't really care. I'm not like some white guy who's like, why can't I say Latinx? But since we're reading the article and it came up, I thought, let's let's poll the audience. Well, the interviewer said she doesn't believe Stefani was trying to be malicious. Oh, okay, here's one last part about it. Even though I'm Italian-American, Irish, or whatever mutt that I am, <laughs> that's who I became. That's who I became because those were my people, right? She's a little crazy. Her father was a Yamaha executive who worked in Japan. And so those are her people. And she became Japanese. 
Doesn't make any sense. Makes even less sense that she would say this. Where was her publicist? You know, I'm not normally a fan of publicists. Back when I was with TMZ and I, I would try to get an interview with people. That's what I liked about TMZ, especially, by the way, was we said, fuck, at least the camera guys. We said, fuck these publicists. We're going to go straight to the source. We're going to catch you at the restaurant. We're going to catch you at the store. We're going to get some real takes. Because every time I had to go to a red carpet event, some publicists, and they always look so stressed out because they're like, oh, my God. Like, they all look like Brian Koberger getting pulled over by the Indiana police. They all have that intense look on their face because you're about to ask their celebrity something that they might have to actually give an honest answer for or, or reveal themselves to be a bumbling idiot. Where was the publicist here to say to Gwen Stefani, you can't say you're Japanese? <laughs> okay, well, let's wrap it up. You know, that's what they do. Okay, let's wrap it up. We got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Uh, the interviewer doesn't believe Stefani was trying to be malicious or hurtful in making these statements. They did cause her to feel unsettled. Kalor pointed out that the former voice judge. Oh, okay. So she's the former voice judge. I was thinking maybe she was stuck into a bad voice contract and she was trying to get out of it by making up a crazy story that she's Japanese. She asserted twice that she was Japanese and once that she was a little bit of an Orange County girl, a little bit of a Japanese girl, a little bit of an English girl during their chat. Hmm. Well, anyways, she clearly has so much money and fame and uh, is just living in a different world that she hasn't realized you can't say I'm Japanese, all right? But she is Japanese, by the way. Gwen Stefani is Japanese. Fuck it, right? Who cares? She wants to be Japanese, we'll let her be Japanese. Uh... Let's talk about some, some, um, okay. So yesterday on the show, I was talking about the, uh, the, the Idaho case and that there's stories up oh, shit. Internet's slowing down a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It must be my dogs fucking with my internet now. We caught up. Okay. Yesterday on the show, I was talking about how there are reports that publishers and filmmakers are lining up to make um, make these uh, uh, stories about the Idaho slangs. By the way, another story came out. There, you know, uh, Koberger appeared in court today. He had scratches on his face. The guy doesn't know how to shave or something. Or maybe it's just like cheap, shitty prison shaving gear. That could also be what the case is um, that trial, the trial is not going to start till the summer and the next hearings in June and he's going to be in jail till June. So that's cool. You know, I hope he's happy again. If he did it, I feel like I got to say that every single show. So let me talk to you about my idea. Now the whole concept of, casting or making a movie about the Idaho slangs is kind of uh, classless in a way that they're already talking about it, right? But I figured, look, if they're going to talk about it and they're going to make it, which they are, they're going to make the movie, might as well cast it, you know? Now, out of respect for the family, I'm not doing anything with the victims or any of the families or anything like that. But I had some ideas, you know, considering my Hollywood background, I had some ideas for how it should and would go if they were going to cast Ryan Murphy's Coburger. And here they are. Starring, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal as Brian Coburger, criminology student, accused quadruple murderer. Connie Britton as Ashley Banfield, News Nation reporter that just keeps talking about this story night after night, no matter what. Andy Cohen as Brian Enton, intrepid reporter. He planted his flag in Moscow, Idaho on day one, and he has not left since. That guy from Pawn Stars as Chief James Fry. Beleaguered. 
Moscow PD police chief who may just turn out to be the hero in the end. DJ Qualls as the TikTok guy that everybody thought was Brian Koberger. And of course, Ryan Cranston as BTK Dennis Raider. Friend, potential friend of Koberger. Ryan Murphy presents Koberger. We know it's coming. Anything else? Anything else? And as I said yesterday, if anyone missed it, I don't have a problem with them making movies, making uh, writing books about it. They said these rights could get like $25 million. As long as the family signs off on it, and as long as the family doesn't fall victim to creative Hollywood accounting and they actually get compensated properly for this, and they are okay with the story being told, I'm all for it. All right? Just want to be clear. Hopefully that's how it goes. Because as we saw with Dahmer, they just made the story anyway. I mean, I know it's been 30 years, but a lot of the families are still pissed off. Actually, the families are pissed off that, what's his name? Evan Peters won. And frankly, I talked about this on my Golden Globes live recap show that aired just after the Golden Globes. How I thought this because Dahmer, the show Dahmer, like really didn't win anything else. All right. Now, follow me on this conspiracy theory. The the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press. Is pissed off at people of color because they almost got the show canceled. So how are they going to get back at them? They're going to award Dahmer. Nothing. Dahmer didn't win anything else. I know Ryan Murphy got his big award, but they're going to let Jeffrey Dahmer get up and give a speech. That's the kind of sickness that Hollywood has within it. Just a theory. Just a theory. All right. Um, is there anything else that we have to talk about? Anything anybody watching wants to talk about? I feel like I've... Oh, uh, you know, I want to get your opinions, actually. Real quick, real quick. So, Nancy Grace who is, uh, you know, a, certainly a legend in the true crime industry, set up a table outside. She looks like that guy, Steven Crowder, you know, who sits there with a table and he's like, prove me wrong. Something, something, prove me wrong. Koberger's a bad guy. Prove me wrong. Um, she sets up a table right outside the police line of the apartment where the slayings took place. Okay, look at this. What the hell is it? So, uh, the Barstool Sports Idaho account said, our tragedy is not your news backdrop. Who the fuck do you think you are? And then someone from the corner club, which is where the students were uh, the night before, said, we cannot wait for these vultures to leave so we as a community can begin to heal. They are disrupting that process and are not welcome. Um, you know, as I said, Nancy Grace, she's great at her job. She's kind of owns this uh, space called true crime in a way. But is it too far for her to be setting up a table right outside? And just like, you know, reporting live from there. And I know, look, that's what reporters do. They'll set up right outside of whatever it is, you know, on 9-11. Where were they? They were right in front of where everything happened. Uh, does this bother people? And it's really not for me to say if it's bothersome because I don't live there. I'm sure that the locals are getting a little fed up with all of the attention. They just want to get back to their normal lives. Uh, it's just kind of uh, a funny visual. She sits there with a table and some notes. And of course, the internet started to uh, make fun of her. The Barstool Idaho account says internet bullying is deserved. There she is selling what looks like Girl Scout cookies. So I don't know. I'm just curious what everyone else thinks. Where is Brian Enton? He's he, even Enton didn't do that. Um, 
I will clip up and put up my uh, my casting for the for the movie, and uh, I'll put that on my YouTube page and everything else. You'll be able to rewatch this on the page. If you have not liked, subscribed, or shared the Dante Greco show, please do that. Please, uh, or not, do whatever you want. And uh, I will be back again. What day is this? Thursday. I'm gonna try to do another show for tomorrow. Hopefully, there'll be more news. Um, Again, rest in peace to Lisa Marie Presley. Passed away, unfortunately, very sad. And um, that's it. That's it. So play the outro, and I'll see you all later. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Okay, let me start that again. Here we go. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. All right, Daniel. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell him your name again. Dante Greco. Two words. Made in America. <laughs> Dante, you're doing great. That's good. I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my pal, Hal. And you're a horse in a parade. Have a good day.